The views, ideas, and content of Wellseekers and their guests are their own opinions, and you should always seek additional professional help around any of the issues discussed here on Wellseekers. Hello, hello, and welcome to Wellseekers. I am Lucia, here with my podcast producer, Kelly. Hello, Kelly. Hello. And we're excited to talk to you today, so thanks for joining us. Now, today's topic is an interesting one. It's a hot topic, literally. We are talking about sex. Now, sex and intimacy can be really two different things. For sure. Definitely. I mean, in my experience, having had sex (laughs) and also just knowing some of the intricacies professionally around sex and emotional bonds versus physical bonds and different things like that. So today on the show, we have a family life specialist. Her name is Naja Hall, and she's going to come on and talk to us about how to rekindle that spark physically if you've been lacking intimacy. So there is an emotional way to reconnect. We're going to talk about that in a later episode. (laughs) That's not going to be today's episode. Let's get to the interesting stuff. Today, you're exactly. Today's going to be the the nitty gritty, literally, about how to physically reconnect if if you're having some problems with your partner. So there's also a few studies that have been done where they talk about the magic number per week to have sex that will make your relationship sustainable and won't cause necessarily problems. Now, I'm going to put a little asterisk point here because in relationship therapy, that number is variable. It really depends on the couple. So some couples require more sex. Some couples require less sex. And that's really something that you need to discuss and should discuss with your partner if you have that sort of open and honest relationship and communication. I know with my partner, I had that open and honest communication and it didn't necessarily it didn't necessarily fix things but it helped start a dialogue what about you Kel if you have a a lack in your relationship intimacy wise is it something you can dialogue about pretty openly I feel like I can but sometimes I don't even realize that there's a lack of intimacy until I look at my husband I'm like when when was the last time that we were alone together a lack of intimacy or I should just specify because I know I know Naja and she can talk about intimacy and emotional intimacy too but I know that she's talking about more like the physical connection in I'm this. totally saying I'm totally talking about the physical I'll look okay. at my husband I'll be like I don't even remember the, the last, last time, time we, we had, had sex. sex okay um sorry I just no that's okay <laughs> <laughs> and I the only reason I said that and I'm sure people listening right now can relate to that as well is that is a common thing in long-term relationships. You guys have been together a decade? Almost, yeah. Okay, almost a decade. I remember when I was going through my problems and I just started putting it out there with my closest girlfriends. The response was very interesting. I had friends who had young, young kids and they were like, "Uh, it's been like four to six months since we've had sex, which is believable. I mean, the common stresses that so many families go through. There's a few studies that I just want to highlight One was um, a study done, it was done in 1995, and then they followed up in 2008 and 2009, and it talked about how age and hormones have a lot to do with it. So if our hormones are changing, that's one common stress that is put on marriages. Maybe some of our listeners are going through hormonal changes. That can happen at any age. I know some people go through menopause in their early 40s. Well, there are a lot of variables too. Stress can impact your hormones for sure. Absolutely. So stress is the other one. There was, uh, this is one of my favorite studies. It was done in 2015 and it really wanted to get to the root of what is the magic number 
to physically have sex that it satisfies people. Can you guess what it is in long-term relationships? So I want to specify I feel like there are going to be two different numbers for men and women. No, there wasn't. And this study was done over four decades, which I appreciate from a research perspective. You know, sometimes we read studies and it's in like no, no disrespect to, well, sometimes a disrespect pop culture magazines, Um, but a study that was like, oh, we did this study last week and we surveyed 100 people. This was a really intricate study that was done over four decades. Over 30,000 Americans participated. And the magic number for people to have sex and be their happiest is... You just looked at my sheet. I'm not. (laughs) I'm not cheating. I'm silent. It's one time a week, which... I have to say, having been in a long-term relationship, when we were having sex once a week, that was when I think we were both our happiest. I would have thought it would have been three. I don't know why, but that's the one I would have put out there. I don't even have children, and I think that that sounds like a lot of sex three times a week. I mean, not that I wouldn't be happy to have sex three times a week with my long-term partner, but that sounds with kids and everything else that are going on in the lives of Americans and something we talk about here all the time on Wellseeker, right? It's easy, it's simple, it's accessible stuff that we try to pass on because we don't have a lot of time. Everyone is maxed out, stressed out. And this study even talks about one of the greatest contributors to people not having sex was people freaking out that they weren't having enough sex causing them more stress, making them not want to have sex, which I never experienced, but I know for a fact that is something that my long-term partner experienced. Individually, if you're in a relationship right now, in a long-term relationship, you need to decide what's important to you. And maybe sitting down with a tub of ice cream and watching Dateline is more important to you than having sex. And that is okay. You have to share the ice cream then, (laughs) I'm assuming. I mean, you don't have to, but... Throwing it out there. So when you're with your partner and you're in a relationship, it really is up to you to define what's important to you to be happiest in your relationship. And the importance you put on sex may not be that great. And if you don't put an importance on sex, then that is totally okay. And I want to tell you right now that that is totally okay. This is your relationship and your life. And the magic number could be once a year if that's okay with you and your partner. But if you're out there right now, and you're thinking, I want to have more sex with my partner. It's been a while. We're in a rut. We have got the person for you. Her name is Naja Hall, and we will be right back with her on Wellseekers. We're already friends, so let's make it official. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Wellseekers. Thanks for being part of the Seekerhood. We couldn't do this without you. Now, back to the show. We are back on Wellseekers, getting ready to call Naja Hall. Naja Hall is the founder of Blended and Black, a diverse community for millennials in step families. Naja has been featured on XO Jane, SS Magazine, Stepmom Magazine. She is the Relationship Friday contributor on iHeartRadio's WDIA. She's a family life coach and an educator and has recently published her first book, Girl Bye. She's not going anywhere, neither are you. She can be found on social media outlets at Blended and Black. Naja Hall, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, Lucia. Thank you for having me. All right. So we need some help here. Kelly and I were talking and we know we've gotten some... Hey, Kelly. (laughs) Hello. We've gotten some (laughs) questions from our listeners who are in long-term relationships it can be a challenge to keep intimacy alive. We And we know that emotional yeah. intimacy can be a different thing. So 
We want to talk to you first today about rekindling in simple and accessible ways physical intimacy, and we can dive into the emotional part and a later one. Physical is more fun right now. (laughs) It's summer. Physical is more fun. Okay. Yeah, and I I guess you kind of talk to the right person because I have experienced some of the highs and lows of physical and emotional intimacy. Could you tell us more about that in your own, if you're willing to share in your own personal relationship? No, no, no. You know how, like you mentioned, being in a long-term relationship can lead to monotony. Then Mm -hmm. you have the daily stressors of life. And then simple boredom just happens. And let's not even mention life changes that come along with being with a long-term partner. Illness, aging, weight gain, pregnancy, like all these things, it affects intimacy. I've not been married very long, so I'm, I would still be, I would be a person considered in the newlywed phase. So I could even attest though, that even knowing that, okay, you're the person that I'm going to be with every day. I'm not really in that much of a hurry. Um, it's not like we're dating. It's not like you have to go back to your apartment and I'm going back to mine. It's like, okay, dude, I'm seeing you every day. Like, can you just go away from me? And I really? will see you tomorrow. You know, I found myself doing that a couple of times and they say women get lazy once they get married. I don't think that's true. It's just that we're like, all right, I mean, I got you now. Oh. I mean, I, <laughs> which is, you know, it's awful to say. Like, that's what I told my husband one day. He was like, you were not like this when we were dating. <laughs> yeah. You just don't really feel the sense of urgency. That lust phase is gone. And now it's simply about your own urges. Proving your partner, of course, is a very important thing. And just just like the, you know, where you are in the relationship. We were talking, Naja, about a study that was done that said the magic number per week to have happiness in a long-term relationship is one, one time a week having sex. And that was a research study done over four decades. Do you, in your experience working with families and even just your own personal experience being married, do you think that that's accurate or is that, I mean, we I was always taught in relationship counseling that it's really up to each individual couple. Like some people love having sex seven days a week. Some people want to have sex once every seven months. So what do you think the sweet number is in your experience working with couples and listening to their, some of their issues and talking to them? So asexual couples are the only ones that I would say are okay without any sort of physical connection, any sort of physical intimacy. That once every seven months stuff, that ain't real. It's not realistic. It's not, um, it's not normal. And when these studies do this, you know, these studies are like, oh my God, well, there's no normal number. That's a damn lie. That's a lie. Because if you're not touching your partner once every seven months, something is wrong. For a normal, healthy couple, you should have a quite active sex life. And that's including all the life changes like pregnancy and travel and illness and whatever else is going on. I would say from my experience, the couples that I see that are the happiest are having sex at least once a week. Yeah. I have a couple right now that I'm counseling. They have sex every day. I mean, I For believe the past that. eight years, they've had sex every day. Bravo. <laughs> every freaking day. <laughs> Bravo. I was just Kelly. thinking that. Like, yeah. I mean, that's ama- I don't have energy to do that sex every day. But I would, I mean, I, don't, I wouldn't mind it. <laughs> you wouldn't? So you <laughs> no. can keep that up. And you know, um, you're a professional. And you know, as a professional, the client says something that's kind of striking to you. You're like, dang, do I... 
you know, I don't want to show this on my face that they've just shocked me. But I think it just showed <laughs> on my face that day. I was like, oh, okay. So, um, and then I was kind of like, okay, so how do you guys do that? And then I'm kind of asking for my own knowledge. Like, how in the world do you find the energy? They still find a way to sexually connect. One of their commitments to one another was to be sexually intimate every day. That is amazing. One thing that I've noticed with them, they are so inundated with one another. And they seem, although they are in their early 50s now, they are extremely into one another. Like, 17-year-olds. I love that. If you are that connected to one person, there's no time to stray outside of the relationship. So, Naja, that couple is amazing. So for everyone else on the planet besides that couple that is struggling with their sex life, can you give us, I know you said you had five simple, accessible ways that people can reconnect physically if they are stressed, if they are having a hard time, if they have been married and in a long-term relationship and struggling a little bit. Please save us and help us reconnect with our partner. The easiest, which I'm finding is one of the most difficult things for normal functional adults to do, is to communicate. You got to communicate with your partner. You have to let them know that you are having whatever feelings you're having. If you're not interested in sex, find the words to explain to them why. Or if you feel like you're not getting enough sex or there's something different that you want, it is your duty and your obligation to share that with your partner. You have to equip this person with the tools for success. If they don't know, then they don't know. Mm. So you have to equip them and yourself and your marriage um, with the tools just to succeed. One of my favorite forms of therapy is narrative therapy, which is talking about changing your story, but it's also about sharing your story. And I think you there's yes. so much power to just saying to someone, hey, this is me. This is what I want. And giving them the instruction manual, because especially I'm finding with men, they don't know. <laughs> they don't know. Nope. So please help they them. They don't know. <laughs> yes. Yes. Exactly. And that's what I I, I was telling um, one of my couples that I was working with today. I said, you know, you've had about 30, 35 years to get to know yourself. You've been with your partner two years. Now, it's your job to give them, like you said, it's your job to give them the instruction manual. Let's just say on you, Lucia, or you, Kelly. Kelly, you're dating somebody, you're with somebody, you got to give them the Kelly book. (laughs) (laughs) You you know, you got to do the same. Like, hey, these are all of my chapters. This is what makes you tick. I'm giving you this manual, cheat sheet, whatever you want to call it, so that you can get to know me. Love it. Yes. So that's, that's number one. Communication is key. What's next? So the next one, that's also important. Number two, the next thing, you initiate. Be the change that you seek. If it's kind of boring in your bedroom or your partner is coming home from work, watching the game, taking a shower, going to sleep, but you want some action in between there, then why don't you tell them? And Mm. that goes back to number one with communicating, but then initiate it. Why don't you give them a touch, give them a rub, send them a nice email, send them a beautiful picture of yourself. Do something to spark the romantic storm. You know, don't sit and wait on them because it may never come. They might think that you're disinterested. So, initiate the intimacy. Yeah, two things on that. I mean, there are very few times that initiating something ever turned out negative in my experience in in a relationship. I mean, usually 
the guy will forget about the game that's on TV if you initiate oh, something. Exactly. What about Nasha, though, if someone's uncomfortable? I mean, I personally am not. I feel like that excites me. I feel like I have a little bit of like a, I've got like another side of me sexually for sure. Oh, where okay, I just, okay, kindergarten teacher, Lucia. Okay. <laughs> I know Nasha always calls me the kindergarten teacher. And I don't see myself <laughs> that way. Probably because physically in a relationship, I am extremely different. And we'll talk about that in another episode, but I'll, I'll just leave oh, it there. What if someone is uncomfortable initiating? That's common. And we got to look at the root of discomfort. Figure out first, why are you uncomfortable? Like, if you know your man is attracted to you. What makes you uncomfortable? Are you just shy? Some people are just shy. They don't want to initiate because they're kind of afraid of rejection or they've been told all their lives that, especially with women, you know, women are taught to be sexual nymphs and to be sexually inhibited and let the man do the chasing. Well, if you're in a long-term relationship, honey, ain't no rules. There ain't no rules on who can initiate. As a matter of fact, I hear from so many guys, they love it when their women initiate sex because they feel like they're wanted too. Typically, it's always the guy that's kind of nudging us. So if you're uncomfortable with initiating, do some things to calm yourself. A glass of wine. A glass of wine, if you're a drinker, that's something that loosens you up. There's all sorts of sensory things you can do to put yourself in a sexy mood and just to go ahead and give you the umps to do it. And then, if you're not comfortable, close your eyes and jump in, honey. Just like a swimming pool. You ain't going to drown. Okay? This is your partner. They're not the 30 feet deep, dark ocean water. This is something that you know. You've touched the bottom. You're familiar with it. Close your eyes and just do it. I love that. Um, can you tell us about the, the the smells and the things that you just alluded to? I know that's one of the other things on your list. Right. So a part of rekindling intimacy can be related to our sensories. One of the things you can do is sight. Like, what can I do? What can I look at? What can I see? What can I put in my, in, in my peripheral, anywhere in my vision to... Put me or my partner in a sexy place. And one of the things that I like to do is not watch erotica, which is cool, too, if you like to watch porn. But I find that reading erotica is so much better than watching it. And if you want to read it with a partner, that's even better. For example, well, I'm not going to read any erotica here on this show. Okay, but thank you. <laughs> just think about it. If you are reading a book and it talks about that every single detail leading up to a sexual act. It talks about I touched my partner and this is what their nipples did. This is how she's, you know, this is where she was sweating or this is, um, this is how they tasted when I kissed their lips. You know, stuff like reading stuff like that not only helps you create a mental picture, but it takes your mind somewhere. Remember when we were kids and we would read these stories and we would imagine we're in this faraway place? Same thing with reading erotica as an adult. I don't know if I could get through that, but I like that idea. I think there's a lot of people listening <laughs> right now that would really, really benefit from that. Personally, though, I'm going to go it's with your, different. your top. Have you tried it? I haven't, but honestly, I haven't really need, I haven't gotten there yet where I need it. Okay. I got some other tips and tricks, Naja. <laughs> well, do, do me a favor. Just try it one time. Okay. With a partner, I need a you read a page, they read a page. Just try it one time, and if it doesn't work, it's not your thing, but don't knock it till you try it, girl. Okay. <laughs> so the next thing as far as with sensories is smell. 
what types of smells are sexy to you? For me, my husband is literally my favorite smell ever. He has like this man, musky, strong lumberjack thing going on. Aromatherapists show that men are attracted to go crazy for the pheromones of younger women. And I remember one time, Lucia, you and I were talking about this, and you were like, okay, so if you're an older girl, then you may as well just take a young girl and just rub her all over your body. Yeah, can I do that? Is um, that a legitimate thing? (laughs) The smells of younger women um, create the feel of fertility. So you want to avoid, as a woman, you want to avoid heavy, spicy smells. They tell you to go for stuff like lavender. I've even read ginger is good for women. Sensual music. Music is always so nostalgic. So something that makes you feel free, not rigid, something that's slow-paced, something that is even-toned, those are things that do something to the vibration in your mind, and it puts you in a place to where you're open to receiving or giving. So I would say focus on creating some sort of sound. Think of soft, sensual, slow. Think of that. No, I agree, Nasha. I mean, I know for myself, all joking aside, when I've tried to re in long in my marriage, I mean, music, yeah. candles, scents, all of that. And that does create that the most stuff. incredible experience. It absolutely does. Yeah, but I think going doing all that stuff, like you just mentioned, that also shows that you've made an immense amount of effort to make your partner happy. And you, that shows that, I am submitting to you. I love you. I want to take care of you. I want to show you a good time. And I want you. Everybody wants to feel wanted, especially from someone that you're in this committed relationship with. So just even that effort alone, you know, that's that's an A plus in my book. I totally agree. Yeah. The other thing that I say that you could do is um, find yourself a way to relieve the stress in your life. Like stress, for example, is... It's one of the main causes of every, almost every single disease out here. It's rooted in stress. Your, your stress levels, the, the higher they are, the increase in the cortisol, which is a, a buzzkill. I call it one of the buzzkill hormones. Okay, that's going to increase uh, the risk for aneurysm, heart attack, tumors, all sorts of stuff that you want to do. And, of course, it decreases your libido. So things that you can do to increase your libido, if you have a high-stress life, you can exercise. You can meditate. You can find some sort of spiritual outlet. And the the big duh of all of this is whatever it is that's your stressor in life, you've got to get rid of that. You've got to get rid of it. You have to find ways to decrease your stress level because it not only kills you in the bedroom, but it'll take you out of here one day. No, absolutely. And this is actually what Well Seekers is all about in this podcast is helping people reduce stress in simple and accessible ways because life is full of stress. And we've chatted about this before, but 60 to 90% of all physical illnesses are linked to stress. So um, 90%. Yes. That's God. So definitely, crazy. definitely, definitely. I mean, we have a box. It's a subscription box and I, I'm not going to plug it. You don't have to buy it. It is on our site, but it's a seasonal subscription box to help people reduce stress because of that. So um, what's in it? I'm, I'm curious. Can you say, can you share what's in it or? Yeah, yeah. We have a back to basics box that everyone starts out with. It has six tools, aromatherapy type tools, a drink that helps calm you down a massage 
tool that you can take with you, various things like that, and then expert back oh, techniques on how awesome. to use them. Oh, and then, wow. Yeah, and then every, awesome. every season we'll, we rotate and we have different items in the box. So you can check check that out too on our site. But no, stress is it's an, it's incredibly harmful in every aspect and sex is is no other i did not no know the statistic was 90 percent. yeah that 60 is, to 90 percent. and you know we live in a stress-prone world look look at our look at our addiction to not to technology look at our need to have everything immediately um you know we live in, a, in in an environment in a day in a time where stress is all around so you have to actually be very meticulous about avoiding it i avoid it at all costs absolutely literally at all costs mm-hmm the last thing that you can do is you can touch yourself, honey. Touch yourself. <laughs> and I know when I say touch yourself, you're po- people are probably thinking of the obvious. And actually, that's not what I'm talking about. What I find, and you, I don't know if you guys listen, you might think this is corny or not, but have you ever put on this cute dress or put on a cute a, a, a suit and you felt extremely beautiful or handsome and you're like, oh my God. And you're just like, I am a hot number. There's something about appreciating the skin that you're in and touching your body and every orifice, every curve, um, becoming one with your own body and just this this physical shell that we are so blessed to live in while we walk this journey on earth. Um, There's something about having an appreciation for it. When you get with your partner, you automatically, you're not guarded, you're not ashamed you know, you, you know you're just you're this fully confident person and that makes sex that makes intimacy intimacy so much easier so mm. i would say stand in the mirror take it all off if you have to and admire yourself and look at yourself and smile and be grateful and be thankful for this that this image that you're looking that's in in your reflection that is beautiful. I think that's a great way to end it. Naja yeah. Hall, family life coach, educator, and founder of Blended and Black, a diverse community for millennials and step families. Check out her first book, Girl Buy, and find out more on Naja and Blended at Black on all social media outlets at Blended and Black. We'll have a link here too on the podcast. Naja, this has been incredible. Thank you so much for your time and your wisdom. Thank you so much for having me. We'll be right back on Well Seekers. Do you want advice to live life more well delivered to your inbox? You got it. Sign up for our Seekerhood newsletter at wellseekers.com. You're listening to Well Seekers, a show where the journey is just as important as the destination. We are back on Well Seekers, and thanks so much again to Naja Hall for joining us. Lots of good stuff in there. Some of you may not be as comfortable as Naja is with those things. Some of them, I don't even know if I would be comfortable with, even with my husband. But I thought, great advice. I'm definitely someone that's willing to try something once. But I have a few more suggestions if maybe that was a little too much for you. Cal, was that? I mean, there were some really good things in there I would definitely try. For sure. I don't know that I could. I think I just take myself too seriously to read erotica (laughs) out loud. I just do. But Nasha, great suggestion. I mean, I think that it's about thinking outside of the box. And if anything, she opened my mind to a lot of stuff. And hopefully she opened your mind to some stuff as well. I mean, this is your partner. This is your husband. So this should be a safe or wife if you're a male listening or Female, female, male, male. I don't, to all of our listeners, your significant um, other, your significant other. Yeah. Yes. So there's a few things that I found from one of those studies that I mentioned when we opened. So if you're a little 
tamer, a little more shy. Here's just a few more suggestions to take with you. One, if you do have kids, one of the things that this study suggested was to set aside some free time that is kid free. Because without that space to even create an intimate or physical relationship with your partner, it's never going to happen. I mean, if you have kids that are constantly around you, one of my friends had said that they hadn't been intimate in four to six months. It was because their kids were always with them. So even if you're paying a babysitter for two hours, I think I could get a lot accomplished in two hours. (laughs) Then that would be worth it. So make sure you set aside some time kid-free if you can. A little bit more tame, but something to do is to talk to your spouse about their desires. Maybe there's something you can do to create that intimacy and that physical connection that you maybe didn't know. Like we think of those basic things, but people like to be touched and in a lot of different ways. And some of those ways you may not know about. So even though you think you know your spouse or your significant other, have a dialogue, have a conversation. I know for myself in in that situation, I realized things when I opened a dialogue that I had never learned before. Cal, what about you? I'm just going to say like a sexy text goes a long way. Sometimes you just like, I can tell you, I feel like a shell of a person sometimes when I'm like working and taking care of the kids. Yeah. If I just send my husband a text and letting know that I think about him and that I'm attracted to him, like it makes him feel better. And it makes you feel better and it can create that space for physical touch and intimacy to Your happen. sparks. Right, exactly. So t- that's a great addition. Not, not in the research study, but great oh, addition, Kelly. <laughs> Personal um, research. So, a, right, a text message or something simple like that. Um, and that's actually one of the things that could be worked into talking to your spouse. Maybe your spouse likes text messages. Maybe your spouse likes phone calls or voicemails. Have that dialogue. What do you like? What does turn you on? I know that sometimes it's, I don't know. I feel like it's turned into taboo topic in our culture, but everyone likes to have sex when they're in relationships. I think that that's just a natural thing. God given. I'm a Christian. In marriage, having sex is one of the greatest things. So, And then the last thing is quality over quantity. If you're thinking about and obsessing about the frequency that you have sex, that can lead to more stress. So try not to do that and think about the quality of the sex you're having rather than the quantity. We hope that you learned a lot on today's show. For more information, make sure you check out wellseekers.com. Naja is going to make us a video to recap some of her um, tips and tricks so you can check that out. We'll also have a blog on the topic as well. And if you guys have any more questions, feel free to email us at hello at wellseekers.com. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time on Well Seekers. Like this podcast? There's lots more where this came from. Find more shows at wellseekers.com.